0: will be in alignment to your perfect will for our lives. Your name is praised in this meeting because you get the glory. Thank you, Father, that the yokes are broken, addictions are broken, that the people of God are entering into your purposes for their lives, and they will see you clearly because you are anoint their eyes with ourselves. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We love him so much. His name is Jesus. Thank you, my father. I'm excited that we are here today to share the word of God with you. In case you are not here in the first service, I bring you greetings from the holy land of Israel. Hallelujah. I missed you guys so much and I just couldn't wait. You guys saw the video, right? Yeah. (laughs) Amen. So, um, I want to end a series that we did on the cost of discipleship um, about four weeks now. The cost of disciples. Discipleship, sorry. I received a message from someone on Facebook through um, my page prophet isaac lapapo he said your message on the cost of discipleship has changed my life forever and i was very excited seeing that and i prayed it does to you also who is here amen now we established on what we call the cost of discipleship a very important reality that every child of god needs to understand that god doesn't necessarily exist to meet our needs. And that's for baby Christians. It is baby Christians who think that God exists to meet their needs. And unfortunately, messages that are being preached today are basically centered on meeting needs of believers. So many Christians are not deep in God. Actually, to the maturing believer, uh, we exist rather to meet the needs of God, the higher purposes of God. And, and that's where the, the, the crux of our message is centered on. We explain two major realities that every child of God needs to understand. Number one is the salvation of Christ. Number two is the Lordship of Christ. We said that what it takes to experience the salvation of Christ is faith. When you believe in Jesus, you experience the salvation of Christ. But there's a second reality that many Christians have not yet touched and experienced, which we call the Lordship of Jesus. Faith is not the requirement to live or outlive the life governed by the Lordship of Jesus. It comes by obedience. It comes by obedience. It comes by submission because it is clear that when you are born again, Jesus is your Savior. But in the life of many Christians, the second aspect of the work of God in Christ Jesus has not yet been realized, which is the lordship of Jesus. We explain that the word Lord in Greek is kurios, which means Lord God, Master, Se. So Jesus is not just your big brother. He is your Se. He is your master. He is your Lord. In fact, he is the one who possesses you. So the word lordship is a certain aspect of um, Christian virtues or if I should say, uh, it's, it's, it's an aspect of the Christian life that many have not experienced. So Jesus is their savior, but not yet their lord, even though they have confessed him as lord. He's not lording over anything in their lives. When someone is your, is your Lord, that means he's the one that reigns over your life. Listen to me, when you were in the world and, or when you were a sinner, there was a government that took control over your life and that government was the government of hell. And it did so through the bondage of sin. So, sin was the devil's governance over your life. When a man believes in Jesus, now sin no longer governs him, but now Jesus, the son, governs his life. But you see, no one can govern anyone who does not submit or yield him or herself to that governance. Are you following this thing at all? So, when it comes to the lordship aspect of Christianity, many Christians are not prepared Jesus, it is okay for you to save me, but it is not okay for you to rule me. So, Jesus saves you, but he doesn't rule you. Only those maturing Christians are those who yield themselves for Jesus to lord it over them by ruling them. Hallelujah. And I told you, the more deeper you go in God, you realize that God's standards are high. You know, when you're a child, you know, you wee-wee on yourself, you poo-poo on yourself. Mommy doesn't care. He takes care of your diapers. He wipes it out. In fact, Mommy knows you will poo-poo, you mess up. So, Mommy prepares dental pampers and all kinds of cleansing agents to help you in your um, immature stage of your journey as a human being. Likewise, in the early stages of a Christian faith, God knows that one thing that will identify with your life is sin. Because you are still recovering from the damage Adam gave to you in your selfish realm. Are you following this? So listen to me. When a child is a child, there are some things you find around the child. We call it sin when you realize you see when the child becomes 12 years and still defecating on himself and pooping on himself and weary on himself that becomes a matter of concern mommy does not take it easy the standards becomes very high as the child is growing physically likewise the more you grow in god you realize that god's standards are high his standards are high When you are younger in the faith, you can go wherever you want. You can sit where you want to sit. You can say whatever you want to say. Remember, Paul said, when I was a child, I speak like a child. So, one of the ways of identifying a baby Christian is his speech, the kind of words he used. I thought like a child, his thinking process. And I acted as a child, his behavior. So, your words... Your thoughts and your actions identify your maturity or immaturity as a child of God. So now when a Christian begins to grow, what happens is that his words, his thoughts and his actions are now controlled by the Spirit. He doesn't say what he wants to say if he he feels like saying it. Someone provokes him, he's supposed to use a very hurtful word and the Holy Ghost forbids him. That is someone who is now being governed by the Spirit. So you see, when you are governed by the Holy Ghost, you don't have your way, he has his. And this is what the cost of discipleship is about. Listen to me, not every Christian is a disciple of Jesus. I know you heard it. That because we are Christians, we are automatically disciples. Not when I read my Bible. There is a qualification for discipleship. Not every Christian is a disciple of Jesus. We saw that first of all. Maybe let me help you in the book of Luke. Chapter 14, the verse 25 to 27. Now look, Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Alright, and there went great multitudes with him and he turned and said to them. Now watch that. He says, if any man come to me and hate not his father. We have explained that the word hate here is not literal hatred. It means in Greek to love less which means your love for Jesus Christ is so high that it begins to look like hatred for your relatives. They wonder why you get money and then you bring it to help church work when they have needs. It doesn't make sense. The church is taking more from me than my own family, my own daddy who took care of me. It doesn't make sense. Are you following what I'm teaching you? He says... Who hate not his father and mother and wife. These are very dear ones. And children and brethren. And sisters. Yay! And his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. That means not every Christian qualifies to be a disciple of Jesus. So listen. When you read the verse 27, it goes on to say, And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me, he says that cannot be my disciple. So are you realizing that not every Christian can be a disciple? Are you following that? So listen, in salvation, Jesus came after you. In discipleship, you go after Christ. They are not the same. I repeat myself, in salvation Christ came after you. In discipleship, you go after Christ. So he says, and whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot. (laughs) So we can put it this way. In salvation, Jesus chased you. In discipleship, you chase him. So remember in salvation, you didn't care about Christ. He sent his word, the gospel, and it came to you. That was God chasing you. Now in discipleship, now that you are in him, you have to chase him. And this is what separates the boys from the men in the Christian life. I will know you are disciples by who and what you are chasing. I'm teaching good here. Remember I told you that when Moses went to egypt to meet pharaoh god gave him very direct instructions he says that when you go and meet pharaoh tell him that pharaoh let my people go and many christians end there it didn't end there he didn't say let my people go go and read your bible he says let my people go that they may serve me meaning salvation is a means to an end Let my people go is liberty, it is freedom, it is salvation from bondage, Egypt, slavery. That they may serve me is Christian service, Christian responsibility. So if you are only saved and not responsible practically with your life, you are not enjoying the full magnitude of the Christian life. And you never see much accomplished in your life. You will not taste of the powers of the ages to come. So we count the cost. Disciples are those who are willing to lay down their lives for Jesus. An example of one who could have been a disciple in the New Testament was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They counted the cost for the one they served. He says, oh king, we are not careful to answer you concerning this matter. We will not bow. And even if God decides not to save us, we won't. That's a disciple. He's one who is willing to follow Jesus until it cost him his life. When Daniel received a decree that no one should pray for 30 days, that was the very time he he went up into his prayer room and opened his window for them to see him. That's a disciple. The apostles were told not to preach the gospel and it could cost them their life. They were put to prison. Supernaturally brought out of prison, they went back preaching. These are people who are dead to themselves. They are dead to pain. They are dead to shame. They are dead to embarrassment. They are dead to fear for their lives. Oh may Jesus bring us to that place. So in the cost of discipleship, there are three things you need to count if you want to be a disciple of Jesus. Remember I told you, it is only disciples who are qualified for heavenly rewards. You've got to write that there. It is only disciples who are qualified for heavenly re- rewards. <laughs> Some of you understand what I'm saying in the next 10 years. Now we said the first foundation for the cost of discipleship or the cost that needs to be counted for discipleship is what? Putting Jesus in the number one and first place of your life. Remember in the book of Luke chapter 14, the verse 26 He told us emphatically that if any man come to me and hate not his father. That means you are supposed to love God above all these. This was um, a statement regarding placing Jesus in the one and first place in your life. That's the first cost of discipleship. Some of you, you have placed your work above Jesus. Some have placed your career above Jesus. You have placed your master program above Jesus. You have, you have placed your, your education above Jesus. You, you have placed your children above Jesus. I explain to you about the jealousy of God. And you got to hear this. Any being with the capacity to love has the tendency of being jealous. I repeat myself again. Any being with the capacity to love has the tendency of being jealous. So if that being does not have a tendency to be jealous, that means that being does not have the capacity of love. And you got to hear this. When you read the book of Exodus chapter number 34 the verse 14 God didn't Jealous, he was a jealous God. He said his name is Jealous. It was the first time I saw this. Because normally I said that God is a jealous God. I was shocked. He says, for thou shall worship no other God. That means any foreign thing that seems to take your heart to God is an idol. It's a God. It's a mini God. And he says, for the Lord whose name is Jealous, is Jealous. The Lord whose name is jealous is jealous. So, this this being does not only have the capacity to be jealous, his name is jealous. So, you've got to be careful. You all know the things that triggers jealousy. If you know the things that triggers jealousy, then you must guard the jealousy of God with all you have and all you care. You don't know. Listen, we fight to protect the jealousy of God when I went to Israel, the activities we were doing was, was so rigorous. It, it's like, it, it's so rigorous that you can't have a personal time with God. The only time you have is when we meet in groups to pray, to prepare for our journey for the day. So there are days I have to squeeze time. There are times in the bus, whilst we are traveling three hour journey to another town. I use that time to read my Bible and pray. What I'm doing is that I'm guarding the jealous of God. But when God is getting jealous, I feel it. You, I, I feel it. And it disturbs me. If you're in a relationship with someone and you don't sense the jealousy of the person, you are insensitive. Sometimes the person may not tell you, I am jealous. But you could see the discomfort around the person anytime you're hanging around something else. If you don't have that discernment to be sensitive to that jealousy of that person, you are insensitive and it's the same with our relationship with God you you must come to a place where you sense that God is jealous his name is jealous when I realized my spiritual life is going some kind of way, now it happens to all of us including me, you you people think I'm a superstar I'm not a superstar there are days I don't feel like praying there are days I cut my prayer short because I don't feel like praying There was a time I made a mistake and I went to watch one guy. He, I forgot his name on Facebook. What's his name? I don't know if he's a comedian. Untouchable or something. Untouchable. He does some very nice videos on how he pranks people and he ends up helping people. I open his page. I watch his videos for like close to two hours. All of a sudden, I have not prayed. And I said, I'll pray at 10. If I realize it was 11, I said, I'll do it at 12. If I realized it was one. I said, Jesus, I didn't let me I was still watching it. <laughs> and I said, last kill at three o'clock. <laughs> 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 and it was 2.57. I said, Ugh! put the phone down and I entered the prayer room. The thing is, a fight, though. I'm telling you, other things will fight. They'll compete with you. You realize that you have children. They are taking your time. They are taking everything. So you have to calculate in such a way that when the children sleep, you use that 30 minutes to go and pray quickly and come back. We fight to protect God's jealousy. In one month, your business gave you so much pressure you couldn't pray. That means the last three days you have in a month must be a three day dry fasting or fruit fasting. And when you come home, you use that time for all night. That means you don't joke with your weekend. You make up for the time. That's how you guard God's jealousy. Hi, hey, that's why I love fasting because I use that to. to to protect God's jealousy. Anytime I realize something is coming to conflict with my love for Jesus, I go on a fast. So, you see, I was telling one man of God in Israel that me, I don't fast only to increase the gift of God upon my life. You see, that's the mistake of a lot of prophets. Their fasting is centered on seeing more. Their fasting is, is... So, when they have a program, then they fast. When their prophetic is coming down and they go and fast. So their fasting is centered on building their gift. My fasting is fasted is, is founded on building my spiritual life in my relationship with Jesus. So I don't need a program to fast. Fasting is my program. Are you following what I'm saying? So, so fasting is not part of my Christian reality. It's not for program. It's not for my gift. It's for my Christianity. So it will cost you something. When we went for Israel, we ate three times a day. And all the three times was a buffet with all kinds of chicken, all kinds of salads, all all kinds of fruits. Plenty. You oh my goodness. And I was in a fast. I couldn't hide and say that now I'm not in Ghana. So no church member is around. I am Bragana. No. And the weather was cold. It was so cold that you can't fast. I had to still be faithful. They come and ask, are you not eating? I said, Oh, I've already eaten. He was standing and, stand and said, Oh, I'm fasting. That's hypocrisy. You have to be careful about that. It was later some discovered that this guy is fasting because they've listened to some of my teachings. So, now, at that time, when I traveled there, that discipline still sustained me. And it was a sacrifice because the food oh, Jesus, drinks, oh my goodness. We're in a five-star hotel. Mm -hmm. For all the places we're in, five-star hotel, Professor Sarkozy said he would never lower the standard. He's the first black in Israel who takes his people into a five-star hotel. 120 people. So, the I, the environment, everything. You know, when I went to India for the first time, that, that was the time I was sleeping in nice hotels. So, Omumbilo, uh, I took it. Their soap, I took it. Their liquid soap, I took it. Their hair shampoo, I took it. Their slippers, I took it. But I didn't know it was poverty mentality. That's how poor men behave. When they get big things for the first time, they will finish everything. When I started thinking like a big boy. (laughs) Now in a five-star hotel, they have all the shampoos. I just use what I can leave the rest there. But (laughs) (laughs) there was one thing I couldn't leave. (laughs) Their morning coat. That one I said. Never. I took that one. White! Beautiful. And I gave it to my wife as a gift. I said I bought it. <laughs> really sure. I pray she doesn't hear this one. <laughs> Technica, cut it. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> I had to sacrifice breakfast and lunch. So there are days when they enter and they are eating. I have to come out and go for a walk. Praising God. Praying or reading my Bible. That was a sacrifice. It is all part of the cost of discipleship. Listen. This Christian life is no fanfare. playground. Don't play with your Christian life. I am telling you there is no holiday. There was a time God was telling me to listen to me. On 25th when you are chilling people are still going to hell. So even Christmas day is not a holiday. Are you following what I'm teaching you? People are still going to hell on 25th. On Valentine's day they are going to hell so you know sometimes in our minds we think that oh uh, Christmas 25th is a good day because you are eating so my Christian reality has changed everything has changed things that get people excited doesn't get me excited anymore the things of God are beginning to occupy my life So listen, being a disciple of Jesus will cost you. Paul sacrificed marriage. Oh, go and check your Bible. He said we could have also carried a wife about with us like the other apostles. Let me open the Bible. Come to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I No, no one will take this advice, but I'm just showing you what's in the Bible. Because the one preaching crowd one fart. Let's continue. So I'm just talking about Paul. I'm just talking about him, okay? Alright. Now, now, see, he says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? So he's telling you his liberty to do certain things like other Christians would do. Follow this, oh, then he says, Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of my apostleship is in are ye in the Lord? My answer to them that do examine me is this Have we not power to eat and to drink? That means, listen, every Christian has power to eat and to drink but he chose to use those times for fasting. So, if you are fasting and someone says, "Why are you afflicting yourself that way?" Tell him, "Have we no power to eat and drink?" But He says, "Have we not power to lead about a sister?" So, Paul Is giving us a revelation that the one you married is first of all your spiritual sister. Ah. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) That's your sister. So, in other words, he's telling us that God is both your father and your father in law. So, be careful how you treat your wife. That's just by the way, because your wife is also your spiritual sister in the faith. When we get to heaven, she's no longer your wife. We shall be like angels. <laughs> Neither marrying or giving to marriage. Now, that's a very painful reality. So, uh, when I get there, I'm always confused. I'm like, God, can't you adjust the thing a little? But the truth be told, when we enter into eternity, I cannot burn in now. You won't feel it. What is making you feel that way? I cannot burn in. I've been fearful. That's why you're behaving that way. All that I cannot will vanish. The only thing you'll be saying is holy, 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 <laughs> and you enjoy saying it for a thousand years. Yeah. Hallelujah. So now he says, Have we no power to lead about a sister, a wife, as other apostles, and as the rendering of the Lord and serve us? That's Peter. So Peter married, he says. Or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working? Then he says, who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planted a vineyard and need, eat not of the food thereof? Now, in the context, he was talking about honorarium. Do you know Paul never received honorarium? Inasmuch as it's not a crime, maybe let me help you. Let's read further. He says, Who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man or sayeth not the law the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that shredded on the corn. Doeth God take care for the ox. Now this is interesting. I'm sure some of you are like, muzzle, muzzle. Then, then okay. Now what he's saying is that those times, they didn't use the mail, I mean the um, corn mill machine that... Grinds corn, they used animals. What they did was that they put the ox in the midst of the maize, then the ox will be what stepping upon it as he's stepping upon it, it's becoming powder. So, what they did was that they didn't want the animal to eat some, so they used something to cover the, the mouth of the uh, animal so that the animal will only be working and not eating. So, God set a law in Israel that don't muzzle the mouth of the ox so that whilst he's working, he's eating whilst working. He used that to explain a reality that we pastors, while we are working, we should be eating from the same work we are doing for you. Are yes, you getting it? So, mm-hmm. 10,000, mm-hmm. it's okay. Let's continue. <laughs> so, he says, Say I these things as a man, or see it not the Lord the same also? Then he came to. um, Think it to be too long. I have to finish the message. To be too long. Uh, Good. So let's look at the verse fourteen. Wish I could have time. That's not my message. Even so, had the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should what leave of the gospel, then he says, "But I have used none of these things." none. 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 All the advantages of being a man of God. He says, I've used none. Can you imagine all Paul's work? He was still a tent maker. He makes tents and makes money out of it. He says, I've used none of these things. For it was better for me to die than that any man should make my glowing what? Void. So Paul came to a place where he he began to sacrifice certain things as a proof of his love for God. There was a time he was giving us his credential. Paul was beaten more than Christ. He says three times he was beaten forty minus one. He was beaten with rods. All this was for the gospel. And this is. You see, when we are talking of a blueprint personality who looked the closest like Jesus, in reality, it was Paul. When we are looking at somebody eh, who can say that this is like Christ on earth, literally, it was Paul. That's why he said imitate me even as I imitate Christ. So if you are a pastor you are saying that you have to be very careful. Now are you following what I'm teaching? I'm using that to let you understand that there are some things you have to forego to become a disciple. It's not pleasurable. Like 100 days fasting. That means you have to forego breakfast for 100 days. How 100 days of no breakfast to some of us who love eating watch also in the mornings? You have to forego it for 100 days. Do you think it's an easy thing? Listen, I can tell you on authority. And every act of fasting that is done genuinely will be rewarded. Both in time and in eternity. Every prayer that was prayed from the heart will be rewarded. I'm telling you. So back to our teaching. So that was number one putting Jesus in the first place of your life. Now, you you, you need to to analyze your life right now. Who is really in charge of your life? It could be your children. Are you aware? It could be your job. Whatever seems to occupy your life more, much more, occupy your heart. So, we are not saying don't take care of your kids. Neither are we saying don't work. But we are saying that the attitude of your heart your mind, your thoughts in the midst of all these things. Who is actually ruling? Who is in charge? How many times do you think about Jesus and his kingdom? Number two, the second cost of discipleship is deny yourself and pick your cross deny yourself and pick your cross in Luke chapter 9 verse 23 to 26 now watch that Luke 9 23 to 26 Luke 9 23 he says and he said to them if any man will come after me let him what Mm. you are not here let him oh you are almost here let him One more time, let him self-denier and take up his cross. How many times? Daily. Daily and do what? Follow. Now, look at the verse 24. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. This is a spiritual equation. In the kingdom life, we lose to gain. That's how God designed it. So, in this physical life, it doesn't work that way. In the kingdom life, whatever you want to gain, you must first lose it. Hmm. Next verse. 26. 27. All right. So, we said something that I don't want you to forget. We said in salvation, Christ carried your cross. In discipleship, you carry your cross. You see, see, the reason why Christ carried your cross was because you didn't have what it takes. You are spiritually dead. So he had to do your job. You had to pay for your sins. He did it for you by carrying the cross. Are you getting this thing? Now that you are saved, God is saying you have to come to a place where you do what? You carry your own cross. Hey! Listen to me. The cross Jesus carried was not his. Did you hear me? What did I say? That cross Jesus was carrying, it was not his. It was heavy because it was your burden, your sins that was put upon him. And now he says, you must carry your cross daily. And remember I told you the the cross has how many symbols? Good students. What's number one? The cross is a symbol of shame so when the Bible is saying carry your cross it means you must be willing and ready to suffer what? shame for Jesus number two the cross is a symbol of what? humility actually it is humiliation humility is humiliation can you be so gifted when you appear in a place you, you have to humble yourself as if you are nothing It loses as if it's, it's humiliation. If you feel too big to humble yourself for Christ, you can't go far. If you feel big to clean the toilet, To usher. To sweep for Jesus. You are not ready for kingdom. You know what Jesus said? He says the Gentiles lord it over you. But not so of you. Whosoever wants to be great. Must be what? servant. So greatness in heaven is measured by service. You know when you are serving it's it looks so humiliating. You know when a great man is coming, the way they open the door for him he gets down. People salute him. They put give him flowers and then he comes in he enters, everybody claps there is glory. Now, that is glory. But actually it means nothing in heaven. No, I'm serious. Protocol. I'm not saying you should stop doing it for me. But I'm telling you, it, it is on earth that is done to show that you are not a person who is pastoring over you. Are you getting this thing? But in heaven, that thing you that door you open for me it is nothing, that flower is nothing with your hands at your back, it is nothing in heaven. I'm, I'm I'm being real to you, it is nothing to God. What is seen as the greatest is service, so I fear. Those who serve in the house of God and serve God than any other person on this earth? I don't envy any rich pastor, I envy a pastor who gives his all in service to God. I'm telling you, so listen to me if you are not serviceable to Jesus in any capacity, now don't begin to feel bad when I say service because I'm sure some of you be here that oh, right now. There's nothing for me to do physically. <laughs> there are different areas of service. There are some of you, it is your constant giving. Yours will be above everybody's own. That's how you are serving God. So every time you are pumping your cash into the church work, there are some, it is sweeping. There are some, it is ushering. There are some, it is cleaning a toilet. There are some. It is going to bring souls on, to church on Sunday. Do you know what it means to go and bring students to church? Who will say all kinds of things? It was when I went for evangelism with the evangelism team to the hostels, and I realized the suffering they go through. Disrespect, dishonor. There was one lady. I'm told is a is a choir star of one one of the big church. We went there. She said, "What do you want? To do? Please don't come in. Don't come in." I was shocked. Oh, okay. We end. She was angry. And we have entered her room. What's the age? 20 years. Hey! So you see. <laughs> this generation, this generation. No, no, we don't respect. I'm telling you. Even if you don't want to hear respect sake be nice 19 year old girl rude they told her I'm a pastor she didn't be mine hey. anyway that's just by the way so going for evangelism is one of the ways we save doing intercession I told you there are two missionaries. One on the field and one on the knees. You can choose to be one. There are, there are missionaries who go to the field to go and reach out to people. And there are missionaries who stay on their knees and make intercessions for those missionaries to have power to do the work of God. So we are more missionaries on our knees. That's why we love intercession. I'm teaching you here. So the cross is a symbol of Humility. Number three is a symbol of what? What? Affliction and suffering. Let me ask you a question. Ever since you got born again, have you ever suffered anything for the name of Jesus? You don't know this. Don't be that Christian. Eh? You know, I tell people those times when, when... I started as a man of God. We were walking two hours to church. And those times we go for church about four or five times a week. I was a chorister. I was a drummer also. I was an usher. I was a prayer warrior at the same time. And I was a prophet in that church. I go for prayer meetings walking. Because my father cannot be giving us money every time, five times a day, a week. Why? So we walk over two hours to church I go for years I walking and God was watching because anyone that will be great will be a servant you will suffer for Jesus have you ever bought a car to church ah, until your money gets finished you know some of you get angry that a day, a day. Eh? why am I using all this fuel listen That fuel that is burning is not normal fuel burning. It is is blood. You don't know that. So some of you have killed rewards through some of the temporal sufferings you go through for the Lord by your attitude. Because you don't understand discipleship. You see it as something draining your money. You don't get this. The cost of discipleship. It will cost you far long distance to come to church. It is part of the sacrifice. It is part of the cost of discipleship. There are sometimes you are tempted to touch your tithe, yet you have to give it. Especially the time when you need money more. That's how you prove your sacrifice to Jesus. And many are failed in that area of their life, and they are see oh. If you want to see real power in Christianity, you, you cannot do away with sacrifice. I like am telling you the reason why many are not seeing anything in their Christian life is because they sacrifice nothing. Listen, the foundation upon which we became Christians was on sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed his life. That means we build upon that foundation through what? Sacrifice. That's why quiet time is a sacrifice. Giving is a sacrifice. Coming to church is a Sacrifice. Prayer meeting is a sacrifice. Giving to the poor is a sacrifice. So listen, if your Christian faith is costing you nothing, you have not started. There is suffering involved. Ha! There is suffering involved. Tell somebody there is suffering involved in Christianity. Listen, it, you maybe you have not heard this. It is only those who suffer with Christ, who enjoy with Christ. Romans eight seventeen. read it for yourself. Romans eight seventeen. Now watch, we are going to read it together. Okay? Are you ready? One, two, go. And if children... I can't hear you. Then heirs... heirs you are not here. Should I close the service? Alright. We are going to read as loudly as possible. One, two, go. And if children... Then heirs... Heirs of God... Joint heirs with Christ... If so that we suffer with him, that we, be, we will be also glorified together. So they put a condition for enjoying glory together with Jesus. Those times when I got to that place, I stopped there. Because the thing was worrying me. I was like, why should we suffer if Christ has suffered for us? I didn't understand the other part gain of the Christian life. He says that, and if children, we are heirs. That means whatever Christ has, we have. And he's saying that heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if condition, That means in the New Testament, there are conditions. Everything in the kingdom is not free. Write it down. Everything in the kingdom is not free. You know, you, you, you may doubt it. I, I don't have a problem with you. But you, you will come back to what I'm teaching you. Everything in the kingdom is not free. Even, do you know even salvation is not free? Yes, because someone paid with his life. So what you are enjoying free is someone's life. Please, are you following this thing? Yes, so listen. There are things in the kingdom you use faith to get them there are other things in the kingdom you use more than faith one of them is spiritual growth spiritual growth does not happen by faith are you aware have you ever seen someone say I believe I'm growing (laughs) then the guy is is, is growing in God because he believed 4am you wake up you feel sleepy like the average Christian who is asleep And you are blowing in tongues. And you are feeling sleepy. And you go to the tap. You wash your face. You come back again. You go. You open your Bible. And you are reading. I am telling you. Your end and the other casual believers end will never be the same. I'm teaching you something good though. someone says that man of God for some time your teachings are not really grace based I've used two years to give you foundation what again do you want if you want to hear grace based go back to the former teachings I and go and listen to the grace based so that's like I'm, I keep fixing in items for the finished work in every teaching but listen we, we, if we want to remain babes that's when we only, only enjoy what Christ has done for us I've told you that there are three realities the finished work of Christ the what current work of Christ and the future work of Christ. It is possible to know the finished work and not know the person who finished the work. So in prayer, God is making me bring you into a certain alignment so that you are not only knowledgeable about what Christ has done, you are also responsible on what you should do in response to what Christ has done. This is what makes powerful Christians. I'm telling you. This is what makes powerful Christians. Hallelujah. You are not here with me. Hallelujah. (laughs) We said number four, the cross is a symbol of what? Obedience. Number five, the cross is a symbol of death to death to self you will die to yourself every single time. Imagine you are fasting and your body is craving for food. Have you realized that when you're, you're, you decide not to fast, you can sometimes live from morning to 2 p.m. without eating. And sometimes you are fine. You can even extend it to 3 p.m. The day you decide to fast, at nine, that's when meat pie becomes attractive. That's when all the food you don't even like naturally they become attractive to you. That, that tells you that listen, you will have to die to self to be able to serve God. Ah, i see attaching it on the I know you are maturing by the things you are foregoing for Christ. How well do you obey Him? How well do you obey Him? Ask the person beside you how well do you obey Him? Obedience you carry your cross by obedience. In obedience, remember I said is the proof of love. If you claim you love someone, you don't obey; you don't love. I'm teaching good here. Number five across the cross is a, number six across the symbol of what? Sacrifice. So when the Bible says carry your cross daily, you see you are going to sacrifice daily. You are going to what? Sacrifice daily. To sacrifice means to give up something. For something more valuable I'm teaching good here Finally The third cause for discipleship Is that you give up everything <laughs> Luke chapter 14 the Verse 31 Luke 14.31 Give that to me. Sorry, Luke 14.33. Alright, now look. He says, so likewise, whosoever he be of you, that what? Forsaketh not all that he had, he cannot be my disciple. This is referring to giving up everything for Jesus, and I will explain very soon. Give that to me in NLT. You, so you cannot become my disciple without what? Giving up everything you own. Now, this is not literally saying that you should bring your car to church. What is saying is the ownership mentality in your heart. Give it up. So listen, what it means is that one qualification of discipleship is that the disciple owns nothing. Hey! My car, my business, my church, my pastors, my people, it will die. we were never created to be owners. Did you hear that? Because anything you own, you maintain. If you own your life, you have to maintain it. If God owns it, he maintains it. This is deep. I love this one. If God owns anything about your life, he protects it. You know you didn't get this thing. When some, when Hannah gave ownership of someone to God, God made a profit out of him. You know why? Because he became God's property. Does your business belong to God? Or it belongs to you? This is a mentality here. If you see the solution to most of our life problems is in this teaching I'm giving to you. And I'm sure some of you are waiting for me to finish quickly so you go and continue with life. No, that's it. Because now Sunday service is like a ritual to many people, but they don't know that it is the voice of God communicating something they are not doing right to them in that message. And they it passed on their ears like that and left. And they went back to go into the same issues. Listen, until I decided that I will give God's word first place, there were some things I was seeing I didn't like in my life. I'm telling you the truth. I came to a conclusion that I am sick and tired of ordinary Christianity. It came to a time I knew all the mysteries about Christ. Every page of the Bible I can unveil avail Christ. But it get to a place I was not satisfied. There was something. There was a, a more deeper reality I wanted to touch in Jesus to pay a price for it. Praise the Lord. Look at that in message translation. The same Luke 14, message translation. Now watch that. Now look, he says, simply put, if you are not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people and kiss it goodbye, you cannot be my disciple. Hey! Some of you must kiss certain things goodbye, including some wrong relationships. I didn't say go and kiss the boy. And say goodbye. <laughs> it's a figure of speech. I'm teaching Udiah. Look at what message is saying. I, I, in fact, I want to read it again. Simply put, if you are not willing to take what is what dearest to you, whether what? Plans. Huh. Plans many the whole team is here. <laughs> Measure it against the will of God. Why would he say it is not an baby, I will call after church, you know. You know, I just prophesied. Baby, I will call after church, and then or any 24th. Wouldn't One same thing I mean, he's saying that simply put, if you are not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, you know, there are some people who are in a relationship. They know that the relationship is not good. They just know that this thing is not good, but they are just thinking of, what if, what if, you know? So they just know that this thing will not amount to anything, but they are like, "Mijana jana you see, that's yeah, I say me want come investments are all day. I love that word. Me want come. They yeah, touch it, touch it. Ah, say, investments are well, not day. What no you grow? They kiss kissy us. Ah, it is investment run all day. O baby, I ya. Abosins, light soup, mm-hmm. jolova mania, <laughs> pizza. Me go YouTube. I me ye man, non. I guess, professor. <laughs> me salary half. I come for five months. Hey, Shiloh, come on, knows hey he says dearest let it go kiss it goodbye that's how you can help your life you see some people are still living in the fancy world they know the anger they have entered is danger but they w- they won't come out because unfortunately some don't have the strength and the power today I gave you the strength kiss it goodbye this thing will not lead me to Christ this thing it will not lead me to where I'm going no and you see life is full of choices you are where you are because of choices you made there are some bad things going on in your life it's as a result of choice so life is not magical it's my choice I'm teaching good here he says whether plants or people that means both humans and non-humans that's what he, why he used plants he says kiss it goodbye You, if you don't do that you can't be my disciple So, the third cause for discipleship is give up everything. I told you when I started my Christian journey, there was a lady that they were uh, connecting to me. We were speaking for some time, check up on me and check up on her. We have no proposal. But the fire I was starting with, I knew, at that time, I didn't know. You see, right now, I can save most of you who are in early relationships because you have already caught the fire. Those times, I didn't have anybody to sit me down on how to catch fire. So the Lord knew that if I enter that relationship, there will be no LGCC. I had to sacrifice it. I had to kiss it goodbye. There was a time she called me several times. Several times. I didn't pick up. Then she stopped calling. And God gave me Mama Lee. Oh, yeah. You see, you, see, you see, when you're walking with God, is faith. Sometimes when you're forgoing something, eh, it's hard. You know, you see, the thing is that when you're walking with God, eh, you must give him full faith. When you are holding the thing in your hands and say, God, you let me keep it. Put this one in my hands, this one. God doesn't do it that way. You must drop this one. That's a sign that you trust him. I'm teaching good. I, I, I may be speaking to someone's heart. Then God surprises you. Anything that is not done with faith, the Bible says, is a sin. I'm teaching well. Now, there are four things that you have to learn to give up. Number one is the world, number two is ungodly pleasure. Number three is ambition. And number four is your will. Four main things you have to learn to give up. Now, number one is what? The world. Now look at the book of Galatians chapter 6, to verse 14. Look what Paul says about the world. He says, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom the world is what? Crucified unto me and I to the world. That means when the world touches Paul, Paul doesn't feel it because he's dead. And when Paul touches the world, the world does not feel it because he's dead to the world. This verse challenging me. I've read it for several years, but it, it made more spiritual meaning to me in this year. The world is crucified unto me, and I to the world. Hey. So number one is what the world. Number two is what? God the pleasure. Number three is what? Ambition. Now you see there's a difference between ambition and purpose. Ambition is what you want to do, purpose is what God intends you to do. They are not the same. Of course, they are good ambitions. But be very careful because there are some good ambitions that is not in alignment with God's purpose. That's the problem. So you may have good ambitions, which is what you want to do and may conflict with your purpose. And number four is what? Your will. Remember Jesus said, not my will. But what your will. That means Jesus came to a place where he did. When he looked at the shame involved in the cross, he did not want to what? Die. If it is possible, let this cup pass me by. Nevertheless, not my will. So Jesus came to a place where he had to choose his will and God's will. And as Christians, we will also come to that place where we have to choose our will. You know that Christian who can look at sin and before he sins, he says, at least there's forgiveness in God. At least there's forgiveness in God. So even if I do it, God will forgive me. That Christian, watch watch that Christian well. He won't go anywhere. You know, sometimes we don't know. Right now, the, the reason why it has become very difficult for me sin, sin. it's because the investment I've put in my relationship with God is too much so when I see a lady who wants to tempt me to sleep with her apart from my wife it, it makes me angry yes it makes me angry you see let me tell you something, the reason why some people will easily fall into certain sins is because they have made no investment in their spiritual work so they don't care the investments have made these fastings these long hours of Bible these long prayers hey when I think about them I'm like no 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 So some things cannot be entertained. Are you following me here? So listen, I know that you are careless because you have not invested anything in your relationship with Jesus. If the investment is high, your standard of living as a Christian is high. Because listen, Every act of immorality steals something from you. I'm telling you. It steals something from you. It steals something from you. You may be forgiven and restored. But it's the reality. I shared last time, let me tell you something. Mary, by Bible prophecy... And and you will end up. Hey, you you fear oh fear. And now some of the girls are wicked. Don't tell you. I'm honey. I'm honey. I'm honey. No, you your honey. <laughs> you you just be laughing. HIV is, is just around the corner. kwan I'm telling you. Imagine you are called as a prophet, as a prophetess. At the age of 21, you have HIV. Can you fast for three days? Right? You have to take medication every day. Satan knows. So he's he's getting the youth with immorality. So now a lot of them, their future is already cut off at the age of 15 years. Next year, I'll be teaching you on legalities. Why some people... See, there, there, there is someone who, after 10 years, was struggling with business. Why? Because he slept with one girl. Free lapopo. He, he He slept with the girl. And unfortunately, the girl has spiritual marriage. So the spirit that has married her was jealous that she slept with And they the business. You don't know this. I'll be teaching you on legalities in the spirit. Next year. It's a full series on legalities. There was an issue that came on the radio. Maybe let me just share it and close. A young guy impregnated a lady. And when the lady came with the parents to the house, she discovers they were twins. And said, one of you impregnated me. Who is that? And they made mockery of her. And they said, it's not me. You should identify the one. He asked the guy, the twin brother. He said, it's not me. You must identify us. And they made the fool out of the girl and the parents. And they went home. And the lady came back naked with egg. And said, when I finish giving birth, and I hear the cry of a baby, as I burst this egg, you both will never hear the sound of a cry of a baby in your house till you die. And the lady left. They are born again talk talking Christians. The twins are over 50 years. No child. We call it what? Legalities. They are speaking in tongues. They are Christians. But there was a legality they broke. Listen, that's why I said every sex outside of marriage is actually a legality. It's a violation in the spirit that gives access, access to demonic powers. I was telling someone at that time every spam you spill that is outside of marriage, that spam is given to the enemy for evil. <laughs> 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 Legalities next year. Eh, next year. i sorry, baby. And by this, we can be able to interpret the future of many Christians by some things they are doing now. Mistakes they did. They've even forgotten about it. You stole money and they asked you who did it. You said you didn't do it. And they lifted up a word and you were still quiet. You didn't return it and beg. Because you are afraid to be embarrassed. And you are forgotten. It's now 15 years. Illegality is working in the spirit. Satan, you see, Satan knows he can attack you because you are in Christ, and there are promises for protection. So the only thing he would do is to make you break spiritual legalities, then they become his advantage. Are you getting what I'm saying? So many people don't know, even spiritual marriage, that thing spirits marry people. One of them said that when a lady exposes the body and walking in town, a spirit can just see and fall in love with her by, by the her ties and her breasts, and the spirit marries her. When you swear. Can you imagine you just went to town exposing your breast? So I came to understand that when the Bible is saying dress modestly it is for your spiritual safety. When the Bible says let him not still no longer work with his hands it is for legality's sake when the bible says flee why is it that the only thing God says we should flee is sexual immorality that means that the legalities around sex is so deep and satan just mocks (laughs) I got this one and listen every woman is an altar. yes you didn't sleep with a human being you slept with an altar. And unfortunately, all the powers that fight the family of that lady, when you engage in a sexual activity outside of marriage, you have activated those altars over your life. Now, you see, I'm sure you'll be saying these are not new creation realities. TM me. tear me. If you want your safety. There are things the Lord have opened my eyes to. And I've come to understand why we are praying for so many believers in churches I go to and other places. And there is no solution. I went to one church. I won't tell you the name of the church. When they closed, they brought a blind woman around 40 something years. She has been blind for close to one year and she was weeping. I had so much compassion for her. And I just decided to ask the man of God if he knows the history of the blind because she wasn't born blind. They said she went to date someone's husband when she knew that the woman was married to the man and they were dating and the woman out of pain because the man packed out of the house. Cursed her to be blind. I did my best and I prayed for her. Her eyes didn't open. Is it my fault? Legality. And listen, one of the cases that are difficult to deal with are legal issues. Even in, in, on this earth, have you realized that legal issues are more difficult to deal with? That's why someone can go to court for 15 years. Someone can go to court for 37 years. He would die, and the children would still be going for court over a land issue that is legal. Satan knows. He knows what legality can do. Why am I even here? Let's close. Are you blessed at all? Now, you want to pray? Oh, Father, just lift up a voice and just begin to pray. Whatever prayer topic is lingering in your heart right now, pray it. As you are listening to to the teaching, whatever dropped in your spirit as a prayer topic, pray it. You can pray, Lord, help me not to make the wrong choices. Maybe you just messed up this week. Tell the Lord, Father, I'm sorry. Every legality I have created by this error, Lord, I plead your blood against that legality right now. So that Satan will not have a hold over my life. Please pray that prayer right now. The Bible calls Satan he says he he roams to and fro like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That means Satan is, is out there looking for people he can sip and use them for meat. And many Christians by ignorance have opened certain doors. That Satan is using to fight their finances. To fight their marriage. To fight their children. To fight their education. To fight their traveling. To fight their peace. to, to, To fight depression. There may be a cause to that depression. There may be a cause. Which is more spiritual than physical. There may be something that has opened a certain portal. For Satan to take advantage You can also pray that Father help me to be alert because the Bible says that we should be watchful and vigilant. Tell the Lord to help you to be watchful and vigilant with the affairs and activities of your life lord help us lord we need help from you in these last days it's more dangerous to be a christian than ever lord help your people help us lord help us help us so Satan does not use legal issues against us. Help us to be stewards of your mysteries, Lord. Help us to count the cost of discipleship, giving up everything, making you number one and first in our lives, and denying ourselves and carrying our cross, that we may be effective witnesses of your kingdom. Shadako Mraze fele cumbra batata. Sile co sile cumra so veziese ke papala niso. Hele Bram Roshafrando copala di zonzo copala batas. Thank you, Father. Dear Lord Jesus. I stand as the pastor serving this church. Presenting your people, the people you with your blood before you. I pray that Lord you help them and show them mercy. Whatever has become a hindrance today becoming effective in their work with you. Father, take it out of the way. Make their life a fragrance to you. Every legal issue that Satan is taking advantage of today. I stand in the authority vested in me as the pastor. By the blood, I cancel that legality right now. In the name of Jesus. And the devil will no more take advantage of their lives. Some of them have said words that have become legalities. Done things that have become legalities done practices that have become legalities. Lord, in Jesus' name, let those legal issues be denied in the courts of heaven. Let the charges be broken now. In Jesus' name. Amen. And let the people of God be free in their mind, in their heart, in their soul, in their spirit, and in every fiber of their being. I call it that. Uh, in Jesus' name. Begin to thank the Lord and bless